We'll continue with our reading from Colossians, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 12. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depend on human tradition and the basic principles of the world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised. In the putting off of the sinful nature, not with the circumcision done by hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. Well, we're continuing our, our series on Colossians and uh, it was interesting this morning to, uh, to hear what Jack had to say about it and also to hear her story of um, being a lifesaver, being a rescuer. Um, and it, it made me reflect um, on my occupation as a firefighter. I've been reflecting on it quite a lot because it's not going terribly well, to be honest. Um, but uh, I was thinking about what it means to be a rescuer. And uh, just for a visual aid, I brought you my rescue knife. Um, it's a very useful bit of kit. It's got a little thing for breaking glass windows. got a thing for cutting seat belts. And it's a nice sort of aggressive blade knife. And uh, I use it for cutting out windscreens. I use it for cutting people free. And it's actually seen a bit of genuine service. It's got a moment, not, not just sharpening pencils, but I do a bit of that as well. Um, but um, tonight I'm going to be talking about circumcision. So um, I thought I'd bring this just to, uh, just to reassure you that uh, what we're talking about is uh, much more spiritual. And um, this is as far as the knife work goes. So I'll put that away. But um, if you are interested in rescuing, um, it's not just the physical. And maybe that's why Jack and I are very like-minded in terms of evangelism. And uh, I could not take, not, miss the opportunity while standing up here to mention that we're starting Alpha. Um, so if you're feeling like you are a rescuer and there's someone in mind who you wish to rescue, um, please bring them our way and, and uh, Tim and I and the others will assist in their rescue from the kingdom of darkness and bring them into Jesus, which is what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about how we are complete in Jesus. And this is from this morning. Um, amazing. I, I just so much enjoyed when I was looking at this, the, um, the message version from kind of this morning's a little bit, but we've had again this morning. Um, and this is, this is what uh, Eugene Peterson says. You don't need a telescope, a microscope, or a horoscope to realise the fullness of Christ and the emptiness of the universe without him. When you come to him, that fullness comes together for you too. His power extends over everything. So, amazing words. But actually, the bit I'm preaching about, and I'm very excited about Colossians, so um, you'll just have to bear with me because I, I, I have to kind of stop on the right verses because I could kind of carry on. Um, but I'm going to preach tonight about those verses about the circumcision and baptism bit. So um, let's, let's look at that. So we are in Christ. And what is established very clearly in Colossians is the supremacy of Christ. The deity of Christ. And in some versions it says, in whom dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Um, which I struggle with because I get words one another. And I always try and say 
bod head godly, and it kind of jambles things up for me. But um, it's an amazing phrase that the fullness, it's all in Jesus, it's all there. So we are in Christ, we are in Christ. And um, as Jack mentioned this morning, that answers that when you're in Christ, you have the whole of Christ. And that puts away uh, the idea that there's something more or something special. Because we have the fullness of Christ. We are in Christ. So what does it mean? If you are in Christ, um, and putting away my knife, the, the, the views of the day were arguments raging about circumcision. About whether you have to be circumcised to be in Christ. And the answer from this passage is, if you are in Christ... You are circumcised. And that's really, really good, particularly for those of us who would be vulnerable to that particular operation. Um, so it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. It doesn't actually matter if you're Jew or Gentile or that kind of going into that whole list, free or slave, whatever it is. It doesn't matter because you are circumcised by being in Christ. And that is an amazing thing. And the passage goes on. To say that this circumcision is a circumcision without hands. Um, in other places in the Old Testament, and it refers again in, in, to it in, in Romans 2, um, talks about circumcision of the heart. Now this is when the Jews were circumcised, but they weren't, you know, their hearts weren't circumcised, if that makes sense. Um, their, their attitude wasn't right with the, um, with the kind of outward sign. And uh, that theme of circumcision of the heart runs through the Old Testament. But when I started to look into this, actually there's a bit more to this than just that. Um, the Amplified version of this passage says this. It, it talks about the circumcision by the spiritual circumcision of Christ in the stripping off of the body of the flesh, brackets, for example, uh, the sinful, carnal nature. So, talking about, um, in fact, one of the one of the commentaries then says, this isn't just, this isn't just dealing with a little bit of flesh, but dealing with the whole of the flesh. So that sinful nature, that thing which holds us back, has been dealt with by Christ, by Jesus, by Him Himself. And I'm looking at this. Um, there's some debate, and there's some debate as to whether this spiritual circumcision is baptism, um, or in my view, I think it is salvation because. It, there's, there's actually, this is, um, this is an amazing and spiritual thing which God does. And this is what, something which Christ does, to, for me, in my view, um, at salvation. And then we move on. That after that, after that amazing thing has happened, after that um, circumcision has brought us into God's family, we are buried and resurrected with Christ. So in baptism we are buried... And we are resurrected with him. So we have dealt, well, Jesus has dealt for us with all of those things which stand against us. The unholiness and the difficulty of our sinful nature. The problem of our sin that we have committed. And, and raised us to life in him. So an amazing set of things which Jesus has done for us. An amazing... Um, Amazing process and covering all the bases of the arguments and things which were raging around the time of, uh, of Paul was writing this. 
So what are the implications of this amazing process? And the first one I'd like to, um, like to bring in is that you are an insider, not an outsider. You're no longer an outsider, and Eugene Peterson uses that phrase as well. You're not an outsider anymore. You're brought in. You're made holy. You're brought in to the family of God. You're accepted, not rejected. And there's a massive problem with rejection, isn't there? We're terrible at it in the church. We're as bad as anyone. But I'm to tell you this. We are accepted. We are not rejected. And do you know the, the, the worst people for rejection are ministers? So um, let's just accept them and love them. Because they really fall for this one, I'm afraid. And, yeah. um, we are accepted by Christ. We are in Him. We are in Him. And uh, I just, you know, if, you, if you're feeling that, uh, that you're rejected or that you don't fit or any of those feelings which afflict Christians so much, we need to know that we are accepted. We are accepted by Him. We are brought in to Christ Jesus. We are brought in to that amazing uh, process which, he, which He's done through what He's done on the cross. But more than that, we are accepted into the family. You know, circumcision obviously is a sign that you're a Jew. Uh, that, is, that is what it's about. It's about recognising that covenant, that relationship between God and Abraham. And do you know what? This, this passage says you are part of that. Now I'm not going to go into a kind, of, um, a kind of replacement theology stuff. We don't replace the Jews, but we're part of that. We're part of uh, God's amazing plan. We're part of the family. And we're also accepted in a community. We are brought in, not through special rituals, not through special knowledge, but we are brought in to be part of a family. And also, just uh, as a, a kind of point for us as a church now, that means that we're accepted within this community as well. Those who are in Christ, those who've been gone through all that amazing stuff with Jesus, you know, the spiritual circumcision, the death and resurrection. So if people are like that, why don't we have barriers for them? Why do we have the way we do things and all that person doesn't quite fit? We really shouldn't. We really shouldn't because they are just the culture of church. And I'm not a great fan of the culture of church, um, even though we all fall for it from time to time. We need to be accepting. We are accepted and we need to accept others. There's some very Larry people out there. Um, I met one of them in the week. Amazing guy. But uh, yeah, you'll, you'll meet him. <laughs> He's a good one. Uh, facial tattoos, uh, swastikas all over his arms, you know? Um, lovely, lovely guy, God's sake, and gloriously. But, you know, he looks a bit scary. But what a great guy. Um, so we need, to, we need to break that down for other people as well. Because we're accepted into the family. We are part of this amazing thing which God has done. So we're insiders and we're accepted. And that acceptance, that process, these things which Jesus has done for us on the cross, mean that we are able to be in the holy place. We are able to be where God is. You know, the holy place, uh, and it, it's in Ezekiel, talks about the holy place not being acceptable and how um, at the time the holy place, the, the holy of holies was defiled 
by people who hadn't been circumcised. And that was terrible. We don't have to worry about that. You're in. You've been circumcised. Okay? You've, you've died. You've been raised. You are now in a state that you are acceptable before God. And that is awesome and amazing to think that us, the, you know, us lot, we, we know what we're like. We can be accepted and we can stand in God's holy place. We've been made alive with Christ. And um, I often, often make reference um, to, uh, to the Wesley hymn, you know, which says, Bold I approach the eternal throne. It, it's not, you know, I, I have to wait around and maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll get in. It's not like that. You are secure. You are accepted. You are forgiven. Which means that we can go into the holiest place of all. The presence of God himself. So what are, what are we going to do with these implications? Well, the implications are of acceptance and love and being brought into God's family. The ability to be where God is. We are now complete in Jesus Christ. And as Colossians goes on, it really talks about living in that liberty. Um, we had a little bit about Acts, and um, I would always put this in, you know. what We're going to repent and be baptised, first thing. Receive this gift and tell others about it. And let us now live like the Christians who are free. You know, Jesus says, I came to give you life and life abundantly. Let us live like that. Let us not be judged or put down or told that we're not doing it right. At any of that. Because Jesus himself has made us alive. We're made alive in Christ. Our relationship with him is so solid and secure that all these things which are going on around Colossae, you know, the words and the philosophies and that you've got to do it like this and no, you didn't do that right. All of that has stripped away. So let us live like that. And as we, as we come uh, to communion together, let's remember that and let's uh, kind of commune with, with Jesus Christ himself, be in his presence. That's what I would encourage you to do. And let us look at how we can live as we go forward with Colossians over the next few weeks. Amen.